Welcome to the EntreEd Talk podcast, the show by educators for educators, parents, and the community. We're so excited to bring this to you. I'm Toy. And I'm Laura. And we're excited to uplift best practices in entrepreneurship education. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the EntreEd Talk podcast on whatever platform you listen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the EntreEd Talk podcast. We are joined today by Dr. Scott Nassatier, Director of Nifty Midwest, and Angela Maselli. During his 15 plus years in education and nonprofit management, Scott's innovative reform work has increased equity and access for marginalized populations in North America and the UK. Scott currently serves as the director for the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, which is what NIFTI is, for those of you who don't know, in Chicago. And he strives to create an entrepreneurial ecosystem for underserved communities where youth are active contributors in shaping sustainable economic futures. In 2012, Scott's work in the creation and initiation of streamlined intake processes and procedures for incarcerated youth in the Chicago area increased the education access for over 1,000 detainees in the Cook County Department of Corrections. Wow. In 2010, the Chicago Board of Education appointed Scott SWAT team leader to overhaul failing and non-compliant schools. His compliance supervision over Corey H, a special education lawsuit, helped restore the academic standing of 25 high schools and 10 elementary schools. Most recently, Scott overhauled district policies leading to a new student discipline policy framework, calling for a reduction in punitive measures for at-risk students. Prior to working as an administrator for Chicago Public Schools, Scott led education reform efforts abroad in the London public school system. He also served as program director of Prince's Trust Group, a philanthropy dedicated to working with London's at-risk youth. So awesome. Welcome, Scott. And I'm going to share a little bit about Angela next. So Angela Maselli, she is enjoying her second career. Prior to teaching, she was an accountant for a national engineering firm. After 25 years, she decided to make a big career change and obtain her secondary education certification in the content of business and math. Angela is a full-time teacher at Holy Trinity High School in Chicago. Now in her eighth year of teaching, very cool, and for the past seven years using the NIFTY curriculum, Holy Trinity was the first high school in Chicago to establish a paid summer internship program for juniors and seniors. The program called Friends for a Future began in 1995. So when NIFTY was introduced to the school, they saw it as a huge compliment to their internship program. Holy Trinity has demonstrated consistent student growth and entrepreneurial mindsets, can't wait to talk about that, as well as success in competition among other high schoolers. For the past three years, Holy Trinity students have competed at the National Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, where in 2019, they took home the top prize, as well as runner-up with the assistance and leadership of Angela and her team. Three years ago, Angela took the position as lead teacher with Nifty Midwest, and for the past two years, she's been the master educator for the Chicago region and was awarded the Chicago Region Nifty Global Award and has presented at numerous conferences, including the Dominican University Delegation, the Big Shoulders Innovation Day, and more. Welcome, Angela. We are so excited to have you both. And so before we dive in, we always like to have our guests give a little bit of their background and how they got from where they were to where they are today and, and talk about your interest in entrepreneurship education. So either one of you, uh, go ahead and start. 
Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thanks so much. I would say, you know, before I get into, you know, our work around entrepreneurship or my motivation to working with entrepreneurship, I, it would probably be, you know, my career and education that got me to this place. And it's been a pretty diverse, multifaceted experience from being a teacher, working with at-risk populations, and then uh, working in districts. The Biggest uh, turning point for me as an educator and a professional was really working in alternative schools, you know, in Chicago, where I am speaking to you now, you know, we have an epidemic, um, and that is dropouts. So over 60,000 dropouts across the city um, with, you know, that means students have been disengaged. Uh, they're not necessarily making it in traditional settings, um, are looking to return back to their education, but there's very limited opportunities to do that or um, the incentive to do that is not necessarily in the education space. So for me, those experiences of working not only with dropouts, but then students that have been incarcerated and hearing their stories and students that have been expelled, uh, you know, really a pop at risk population that was a desperate need of, you know, new techniques, new, a new curriculum, new motivation, inspiration. And so for me, you know, entrepreneurship solves a lot of that. So, you know, if we look also at future trends in our country, and I always do that, I think, as an educator, you know, it's pretty striking in terms of the need for entrepreneurship education in our space. You know, over 65% of the jobs that children, when they enter school today, will do, will actually not exist yet. By 2027, 50% of the U.S. workforce will actually be freelancers. There's this going to be this need and desire for students to actually think entrepreneurial and have those skills. 71 million youth are actually unemployed with one in three employers looking for entrepreneurial experience in their hires. So, you know, to me, you know, in reading the tea leaves and seeing how education is evolving, I, I just feel deeply at my core that entrepreneurship can be really a gateway uh, for success and alternative for so many youth across the country. That's so true. We talk to teachers all the time about those, those very things and how you can add the entrepreneurship to really engage really engage kids in so many different areas. So Angela, would you like to share? Sure. So uh, I had a rather long career in accounting at an engineering company and I kind of grew up there. I started there pretty young while I was still in college and then I worked there for several years after. And um, I always felt like there was something more that I wanted to do and I volunteered a lot and things, but uh, at some point, it just made sense for me to try and make a change uh, to help out in a more full-time way. So I made the decision to go into education and came from a family of educators and always kind of had that in the back of my mind. Um, going to uh, business ed, secondary business ed made the most sense as far as like translating my accounting background to uh, secondary ed. But I also knew that was not going to get me necessarily a full-time job because unfortunately, business ed is not required in all schools. So I coupled that with math to kind of ensure that I would be employed when I was done with all of this. And, um, and I ended up with a job at Holy Trinity High School, which I finished up my schooling in December and I was very fortunate that Holy Trinity was looking to add a position for math in January. So um, I started full-time in the middle of a year um, to teach math. 
And right the day before I started, or two days before, the president said, hey, you know, we have this uh, corporate experience program, and it's like a semester-long thing, and we prepare our students for our summer internships. We're the first high school in Chicago that creates the summer internship program. Um, so, you know, what do you think? Would you, how, would you think you'd be interested in taking that on this semester? So I said, sure. It's like the only thing I feel comfortable with anyway, you know, but I, of course, didn't tell them that. So I went on. Uh, to teach that for the semester and then toward the end of the semester um, we were introduced to nifty uh, so i kind of fell into teaching the entrepreneurship side of things um, definitely not really thinking that was the direction that i was going to go into uh, but it ended up making the most sense and it ended up being the most logical coming from the corporate background you really see what is needed in industry and if you're only in education and you've never been in that background, you don't really see necessarily how the pieces of what you're doing inside the building translate to outside the building. And this curriculum and this uh, teaching entrepreneurship just makes the most sense for success for the students. So um, I was excited to you know, learn about it and then uh, get into the entrepreneurship that part of it. To me, it sounds like you had a kind of a very organic process. We like to talk about entrepreneurship as organic. And, you know, I think what your initial thoughts of doing the business education led to a smart thought, which is job oriented, right? So math was added. And then to, I think what I like to say is um, say, you said yes. You said yes to an opportunity that you didn't know anything about. And I think that's what entrepreneurs do is we, we try to say yes, and then we figure it out from there, right? Exactly. I did not know what I was getting into. I went to Nifty U and knew nothing about what I was getting into. So, yeah. <laughs> it obviously worked out, though. Yeah. It did. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Scott, you know, um, tell us a little bit more about Nifty, its, its goals. You're in the inner cities and beyond its goals, its missions, what you guys try to achieve with it. Yeah, absolutely. So Nifty is actually a global nonprofit. We're known, you know, we have a pretty significant footprint in major cities across the United States, but I think I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that we're actually a global nonprofit. We service over 70,000 plus youth globally. So I think that's uh, important to note. A pretty robust number of youth are actually taking our program and having a Nifty experience. I would say our goal is really to help youth from under-resourced communities activate the entrepreneurial mindset. That's a big focus for us and to build business schools. We feel pretty confident that through this focus, we you know, can lay up significant groundwork to help build successful futures and to prepare youth for the innovation economy. Our programs are really interesting. You know, we go anywhere from awareness to application. So uh, I think that's also an interesting um, piece for Nifty. Uh, historically, as an organization, we had one program that took students from ideation to business plan completion. We've really changed our vision and created a pathways model where students have the opportunity, if they choose to, in schools and districts and communities that they choose to do so, to go, you know, really deep with our curriculum. And so that's really taking students, like I said, from awareness all the way to even application, where students are testing business model validation, really to earn seed capital, which I think is really exciting uh, and innovative about our organization. Awesome. Can you share Nifty's definition or a, your version of the definition of, of entrepreneurial mindset? Because we, we talk to educators all the time about that, but I would love to hear the, your, the Nifty perspective on that. 
Yeah, so Nifty spent a considerable amount of time really in analyzing the DNA of entrepreneurs, how entrepreneurs think. And so we came up with actually eight characteristics. And so those are you know, being comfortable with risk, adaptability, flexibility, um, collaboration, um, yeah, critical thinking, those types of attributes and skills that really make up the DNA of, of what makes up successful entrepreneurs a big part of our entrepreneurial mindset. And that, it's important to note that that's embedded you know, throughout our entire curriculum. So while we have lots of individuals that talk to us about, you know, tell us about the amazing business that your students created or, or those types of things, I get that a lot. Um, when I talk about Nifty, I think what we hold on to and what we think is so important is that mindset piece. We feel that if we're, it's not like we're necessarily um, creating a bunch of entrepreneurs, but if we can get individuals to think like entrepreneurs, we feel that we're really setting up students for success in whatever they want to do in their future, whether that be college, career. And so, you know, that's a huge point of emphasis for us. And really, that's our secret sauce to what we do. Amen. That's that's what we we have a similar similar mission there with with Entre Ed and Nifty. I know we know that because we've been we've been kind of intertwined for many 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 years yeah, <laughs> before I was even involved in, in any of it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 a really great thing. I'm glad that you shared that because that's something that is usually that first hurdle that we jump when we're talking with teachers because they think immediately your brain goes to entrepreneurship equals business ed and it it can but it's really the those mindsets that we want to instill in students and it's those entrepreneurial mindsets that are going to be helpful in their future like you said Scott no matter what they end up they end up doing so thank and you I for hearing that think that you, you know you talked about the skills and when we talk about skills of course you said that they've evolved from when you nifty first started it reminds me of seth godin's work who takes what we call those you know what people call soft skills and turn them into hard skills and i think that's what we're all kind of had that common mission the flexibility innovation the critical mindset would not have been thought of as a hard skill you know previously um angela I'm curious, what led you into wanting to say yes to Nifty, and how do you tell us a little bit about that curriculum and where you see changes in your classroom? Well, like uh, like I said in the beginning, um, we were introduced by a board member from our school. He was at a Nifty event. He was a volunteer at a Nifty event, and he came back to the board, and he said, this is really powerful stuff. You guys need to take this on. Nifty has uh, what they call Nifty U, and that's a four-day training where you go through the Nifty curriculum and what you're going to be teaching. Uh, so I went, I went through that. And, you know, at first I was really hesitant because I don't know the business. I am not a good, you know, comfortable with risk. I'm, you know, I'm the rule follower. I'm not the comfortable with risk person, you know. I, you know, I went through everything. And the, the, the first year I did it, it would, you know, trying to follow everything. And there, you know, there's a book and there's a workbook and try to get through all this stuff. And, um, and then I'm like, you know what, this just needs to be common sense. So year two, I, I said, you know, I'm not using the book. Like I'll use the, all the activities because Nifty always, their curriculum is uh, experiential. So there's lots of projects and project-based type learning that goes with it. So I'm like, I'm going to use the activities and I'm going to see how this goes. I'm just going to wing it. So I did. And the kids were much more responsive to not having to deal with a book. So they could take an activity and do the, you know, do the activity and go from there. Um, how it evolved 
uh, for me was uh, the curriculum, like Scott was saying, uh, in the beginning was only one type of curriculum and that's what everybody, everybody did and everybody followed. Uh, if you were in the program and you basically took the class once. So it was kind of like a once and done type of a thing. Um, and then now it's evolved into uh, a series of, of courses. But more importantly, there's a, a, a program that's in place where uh, you start out with an experiential learning piece and then you introduce the, the, like the facts or the lecturing kind of piece of it, if you will. So the students start out with a project or some type of an activity. And then from there, then you, you go into your foundations and then you go into your lab piece of the, uh, the evaluation or the assessment. Um, every week is set up the same way. So every week there's an activity and then there's foundations and then there's labs. So the students, one can, can know what's happening and they can uh, be, you know, be prepared for that. But also it's a really great way for students to become more engaged when they see and they can do the hands-on activity, whether or not they know which mindset they're gonna be working on that day, doesn't really matter because you're gonna reinforce that the next day after you get through with the activity. And putting that all together, I think is the other part of Nifty's very unique curriculum that they, that they have and that they offer. Um, the students, respond very well to it. They, um, I mean, their, their least favorite day is the day that you might have some type of lecture, you know. Um, but even with that, it's not a regular lecture. There's still hands-on activities that go along with that foundational piece as well. Um, so I just found over the years that the, that the curriculum's gotten better and the teaching it now for, for seven years, you can see where the students usually tend to react better and tend to have a little bit more of a challenge. Um, and you can kind of help that along and help that process. The biggest thing that is so effective with Nifty is that it's all practical. And in the class that I teach, we do the whole Nifty curriculum and then we also add some more for our internship um, opportunities but everything that I do is practical. And I, I kind of preface that at the beginning of the year. I tell the students like nothing that we're doing is busy work. At some point during this year or after you will, you will find, figure it out. If you don't know what the value is right now, you will figure out why we're doing this, but nothing is busy work. And they, they buy into that and they, they appreciate that because nobody wants to do I love so many things that you just said. <laughs> I want to dive into these. And please, both of you just, you know, chime in when, whenever, uh, whenever you, you feel moved to do so. But um, I love the idea of, love, love, love the idea of you're basically throwing them into the deep end of the pool right at the, at the beginning because they, they have to kind of struggle through the problem and you're not doing the, the standard traditional model of, all right, let me tell you exactly what you're gonna need, be learning and exactly what you're gonna have to do. And, and here, let me show you a model of the thing. When it, you know, so you're, you're giving them that opportunity to, to persevere through a challenge, which then lights their, you know, that, that immediately, just that in and of itself is immediately motivating to students and engaging. And that's, I just, I wish more, I wish more teachers 
could could be comfortable doing that. But it's it like you said, it's it probably at first it was a little bit uncomfortable because you're like, oh, where are they going to go with this? That's a great point. So I, I would say that I would encourage anybody that's listening to go into Angela's classroom because that's exactly what she does. She throws the kids in the deep end. And it's incredible to watch how the kids persevere, where they come out of it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, and it's really hard, I think, for some teachers to just kind of stand on the side and let let the let the students flounder. Like if if they do it and they mess it up, they mess it up. So what, you know? But they, I think, a lot of teachers have a hard time like letting go with that. Um, the other thing is, I never tell the kids that you know once they get to the point of coming up with their business idea, I never tell them like, "Ooh, that's just a really bad idea." Or, you know, I might have my opinion, but I don't tell them because the the curriculum is supposed to guide itself through and the students are supposed to be able to go through all these different things and then, you know, decide how to make this work, right? They're going to pivot, they're going to change things and they're going to do whatever. And I've had students who are like, I am doing X and I'm do and that's it. And I they go through everything and they, they'll do all of their activities and they'll put all their pieces together and they'll do their surveys and their surveys will come back telling them that Nobody wants to buy their thing, and they're like, nope, I'm doing it anyway. And, you know, and they don't win competition, but they, they do their project. Um, and then I have had students who, you know, started out doing something that was, you know, totally not them, in my opinion. And then they're like, you know what, forget this. I am just going to go with this other idea that I had in my head and I'm just going to pull it together. And then they go to national competition and win second place. So you just have to like be on the side and like let them kind of fumble, fumble through things. Well, I think you're the perfect example, Angela, because um, your background, as you said, came from accounting where you're used to things at the bottom line working out, right? They have to. Yep, they have to. <laughs> and, and then you go into this whole experiential teaching model. And I think, you know, students get to the point. They see that. They know you're not fake. They know this, this person took herself out of a box weekend too, right? I mean, and I think yeah. probably, probably when they get uncomfortable, I'm sure you tell them a little bit about, you know, hey, this was not what I would have thought originally I would be doing either, you know. But uh, come with me, we'll have fun, right? I do, and I and I encourage them. I tell them at the beginning of the year. I said this it, this might feel really uncomfortable to you, and that's okay. You know, and by the end of it, you should be more comfortable. You know, I can't tell you everybody's gonna love what we're doing, but you know, you'll be more comfortable with different things. And um, I've had a couple experience. You know, like I I guess a couple of things that I take takeaways from it. And one is the the students that do school really well, the ones that know how to like read the book and get the quiz and do the worksheet and take the test are the ones that struggle with this type of curriculum the most because there is not this direct path to get their A. And I've also had students who literally cried the first day they had to get up in front of the class and do any type of presentation. Work. Their kids are up in front of the class all the time presenting anything or something. Um, and I've literally had them where they've gotten up and they were, they'd like do it and then they would just break down in tears. And those were the students that were volunteering at the end of the year to go first. So it's like, you know, that's just music to your ears when you see that, when you hear that and see it happen. Yeah, huge transformations. That's awesome. I love the practical. I love the, the experiential piece. You know, we all, it's, it's just so great. And that 
but the fact that everything you're doing is is practical for the students and it's and it makes it relevant like we always talk about entrepreneurship as wherever you put it in whatever classroom or whatever area you you can put it anywhere but it's it takes what you're doing and makes it relevant to students because they see the impact of what they're doing and where they're going with it and the idea of taking students through a process of creating a business or launching a product or a service or whatever their whatever their idea is that experience alone is so powerful to opening their eyes to seeing that they can actually push through a challenge and accomplish something and i was that kid that you talked about, Angela, that followed all the rules and knew how to get the A. And then five seconds after I left, I took the test, brain dump, right? And it, it wasn't until well, well, into after my, after many career changes and all kinds of things that suddenly I went, oh, I might have an entrepreneurial mindset. And I didn't know because nobody told me about it the whole entire time. And, you know, and so I, it's it's really it, it would have been really helpful if someone had exposed me to that kind of course way back when I might have had a different trajectory. <laughs> Not that I mind the one that I'm on. I wonder, um, Scott, too, if you could share a little bit. You have something that is really cool with Nifty, and I'm and I want to know more about it. You have an index or a, an assessment for entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial mindsets, and I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit because. We are forever trying to figure out how do we quantify or how do we measure entrepreneurship? Is it even something that can be measured? Yeah, no, thanks, Toy, for that. Yeah, I think what we're really excited about as an organization, given that we stand behind this mindset component, is that we actually have an EMI assessment. And so, you know, we're one of the only organizations that has that. Obviously, you know, when assessing soft skills, that's always difficult and hence toy to your example, you know, it's difficult to, to measure um, this type of experience and, you know, in education where we need quantifiable evidence to support work uh, and curriculum. And, you know, that's, that's been the historical trend. You know, I think what we're really, really excited about is that we actually have spent this amount of time as a 30 plus year organization to have this EMI assessment where students are taking it throughout the course of the year. We're really assessing them on those eight characteristics that I spoke about earlier, uh, and then having a, a summary and a report for students at the end of the year so they can see you know, firsthand how they've grown um, with their entrepreneurial mindset you know, is really, really powerful and impactful for us as a program. And it speaks volumes to our impact and what we are able to do in our communities. I know a little bit, a little bit about it. And what I really like about the index is that it's individual. So I'm not I'm not assessing myself against, it doesn't tell me at the end, um, you're, forget it, you'll never be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you scored 60% in creativity, so just give up. <laughs> but yeah. it, it lets you, instead of, you know, it's not like a comparative score, you're just comparing your growth. And I think that that's really, really, really neat. And I that's need to right. talk about that for my doctorate uh, research here shortly. <laughs> No, you're exactly right. And, you know, we want, we don't want to ever, you know, make students feel uncomfortable or, or that entrepreneurship is not for them. I think there's such a freedom to entrepreneurship because there's so many different ways to be a part of, 
you know, this uh, ecosystem, if you will. And so I agree with you. And it also, I think what's important for us, given that we work so closely with educators is it gives educators an opportunity to really get a snapshot of their students as they're educating them throughout the course of the year. You know, we have this immersive, robust program, but we also feel that we're really embedding these important measures to help teachers make instructional decisions to really up um, our game as we're working with youth around entrepreneurship. So I think, I think it is, has been a real game changer for us. Yeah, like, I really want to dive, dig into that at some point because I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to measure mindsets. <laughs> I'll be talking to my offline. All right, we'll be talking or online again. <laughs> it's another Zoom call, right? Um, you guys each have such unique backgrounds and how you came to Nifty. Um, and I'd like to talk to both of you about that. Scott, you um, have a background in working with incarcerated. Tell us about that and how that led to this passion. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, that was a monumental experience for me. You know, I had started, like I said, really in my own bubble, if you will, as a teacher um, and having experiences for eight, nine years in the classroom and then making that transition as an administrator and school leader in, in districts and that world. Um, you know, having that, that experience of, of seeing populations that are uh, incarcerated, dropouts, individuals that have been expelled from school but have the right uh, by law to their education, to have access to their education. Um, many times, unfortunately, I think uh, that's stymied by lots of issues and systemic issues throughout, you know, the paradigm that is education. And so, you know, what was really interesting to me is, you know, how did, how did students get to this place? So how did students get to the dropout place where, you know, they didn't I feel connected to the school community. How did students who were incarcerated come to the, that place? And then of course, some of the other um, students that were a part of this larger alternative network. And I would say really the common thread for me when I you know, talk with students, and that's, that's the number one thing for what me and what I, what I like to do as an educator, um, you know, get to know students, build the relationships, have conversations, because I think you can glean so much from that. And I would say the common thread for me was really you know, meaning. Students didn't feel like when they came to school that school created this meeting or helped with their identity or they didn't see kind of a future orientation uh, in the work that they were doing with just the core subjects. And I think that's, you know, something we could talk about, obviously, around traditional education for probably hours. I know we have a short podcast here, but that stuck with me. And that stuck with me. And, th and then that's where I think Nifty, when I had this opportunity to join Nifty in the organization, I kind of was like, this is exactly what we need. And this is what we needed for you to feel like, you know, school was, they were kind of going through the motions, um, you know, the curriculum that they were exposed to. And so that's what brought me to Nifty. And I feel like, you know, it's such a call to action when we see, you know, this problem with disconnected youth, disenfranchised youth, you know, this is a, a huge crisis in our country. And so I think, you know, what Nifty provides and what makes us so excited, you know, is that experiential work, the mindset piece and getting students to find their individuality, like those things and empowerment, um, you know, that's, that's what brought me to Nifty and keeps me going strong here. So awesome. I love, I love that. A lot of passion there, Scott, lots of passion. Thank you. And Angela, you know, you have a very different journey, um, not coming from education, coming from a more, education is a traditional, I guess, career, but also accounting is very uh, traditional type of career. So what, when do you have that aha moment that I want to switch things up a bit and, and do education? Um, it was, I was getting ready to um, make a change from the company that I was at 
And I thought, well, at this point in my life, either I'm gonna make a big change or I'm just gonna make a change. Um, but I wanted to try something a little bit different. The other, the other piece to that was, besides the giving back piece, was I could see from the inside what's really needed uh, for, you know, for, with like new hires and things like that. So, you know, how can I get into education and do education a little bit different? Um, I was hired to be a math teacher as a primary focus. So I did have, you know, five, four math classes and then the one corporate experience class my first uh, semester out. Um, but how do I bring math into the classroom a little bit differently? Because in, when you get into the workforce, it's, you know, it's just, it's very different. It's not the whole, even though accounting has to work out in the end, you still have to know how to problem solve and you still have to be able to identify problems. My boss that I worked with for the majority of my uh, time as an accountant, I could never go to her with a problem without having a potential solution. So that I, I learned that, and that I, you know, I brought that into the classroom. Um, and the students would always raise their hand and just say, "I don't know how to do this." I said, "Well, that's not a question. You know, you have to form it in a question. You have to before I can help you. You know, you have to you have to think through it. What's the problem? Identify what the problem is, um, and that is." all about empty. Like when you think about it, that's a very, one of the mindsets is problem solving. So it's, um, it's what got me to, you know, wanting to do something different and bringing practical education or a practical presentation of education, I guess, into the classroom. Yes, as you're saying that, it gave me a memory from, a, I have a colleague, a former colleague that I adore and he's still a friend. But for about three years running, we would sit at a table at our, you know, our weekly meetings and he'd tell us all the reasons why we can't do something. We got a new boss and he finally put him on the line and said, okay, tell me what we can do. And I, I wanted to do cartwheels. I'm like, finally, someone said, give me a solution. And, you know, and I think that's the cool thing about entrepreneurship. And in your classroom experiences, you're not telling them what the solution is, but just give me a solution. Find it. Right. Yeah. And then they... And the hardest thing for them to understand is there's more than one solution. And in the workplace, as we all know, there's always more than one solution. You know, it might be when you're doing accounting, I mean, your numbers have to work at the end and you have to make sure, you know, people pay, get paid the right way and debits and credits balance out and all that. But, you know, there's, you still have to be able to figure it out. And there's more than one solution to most things. So. I love that you just said that. That's it's one of the coolest things I find with entrepreneurship education, and I didn't learn that until well into college. And I, I was in engineering, and that was one of the biggest takeaways as an engineer was that there's a solution in here somewhere. But it, traditionally, we just we tell kids there's one answer, there's a right answer, there's a wrong answer, or you're you know you're even in STEM, which which drives me nuts when, you know, we're going to build a robot today, but kids, here's what it's going to look like at the end, you know? So you're not really giving, <laughs> it's not really the STEM out of STEM at that point. <laughs> that idea of ambiguous outcomes. And that's such a cool thing uh, that, that, that you're doing that Nifty does that where we don't know, we don't know what, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if your idea is going to work, but that's what you have to find out. And going through that, just that, that journey, that process of exploring and okay here's an opportunity okay how do I what do I do next and I'm like you said I might have to pivot and I just think that's that's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship education is that 
that we don't know what's going to happen. Why don't we, why don't we find out? <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Angela earlier about internships and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how that works and how that works with your classroom. Sure. So Holy Trinity was the first high school in Chicago to create a paid summer internship program with companies uh, in downtown Chicago. So our school is located very close to downtown Chicago. Um, and we're not a neighborhood school. We draw from over 50 different zip codes. So kids come from kind of all over the place to the school. Um, and our president, who's the president now, is actually is the one that created this program, Friends for Future where students between uh, junior and senior year would be able to do a paid summer internship with companies. So we've had students at law firms, at financial institutions, we've had them at not-for-profits, we've had them um, working for different parts of like um, different city groups and, and things like that. So they've had a wide variety of things. So um, how we've incorporated in the classes, uh, we do the whole Nifty curriculum, which is the year-long curriculum. And then in addition to that, we do things like um, create resumes and then do mock interviews. Um, we do uh, networking events where the students have to like learn how to network with professionals. We have a networking breakfast and we bring professionals in and breakfast in and the students have to walk around and collect business cards and then write, you know, send thank you notes for meeting people. Um, we do different types of etiquette prep. So we do dress etiquette, dining etiquette, we bring in um, ladies that teach you how to eat nicely, and we bring in um, that help. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, a, a gentleman. Sure. <laughs> we bring in a gentleman and a lady to talk about dressed with the students and how to tie ties. That's like was a big thing because bow ties are back in, and nobody knows how to tie a bow tie. So everybody's learning how to tie bow ties this year. Um, so. And at this time of the year, we would typically be doing mock interviews. So we still are, we're doing them virtually. Um, and then the students will go out and they'll basically compete against each other for uh, positions at the company. So we have our partnering companies and then uh, some of the companies, most take one student. We have a couple partners that take two students a year. Um, this year, unfortunately, things are gonna look very different. Mm -hmm. But um, up until this year, the students uh, would would go and they'd interview, and then the employers would make their selection, and then the students would, you know, work through the summer and they would get paid. The other really cool piece to that is we assign a mentor to each student. So we have a mentor who doesn't work for that company, who doesn't work at the school, who the students can reach out to because for many of them, this is the first time they're having a job. Um, for almost all of them, it's the first time it would be like at a corporation where they would be downtown um, and just, you know, how do, how do things work, right? The whole cell phone thing, do you have it out? Do you not have it out? What do you do? Um, and they can ask, they can talk to their mentor and kind of bounce ideas off of them where it's not their teacher judging them, it's not their employer judging them, it's just, you know, getting some help through the course of the summer. So, um, they're, they're great experiences. The kids actually, they love them. They love to go go back and do them again if they could the next year. We've had really a lot of success with uh, students getting repeat positions and things like that as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's had to be a really interesting 
experience for them to be able to do that. And I can't imagine in downtown Chicago, that scares me just thinking about like navigating that and getting from, oh, I, I'm, I was a city girl one time, but not anymore. <laughs> yes, very entrepreneurial type. <laughs> so you guys are both huge motivators in the positions that you're in. Um, I'd love for you both to address a little bit like Scott, when you go out in the community as, as the director in the Chicago area and for the Midwest, Nifty, um, what are you looking for in those schools and those teachers to help jump on board with you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, we want to see entrepreneurship throughout the community. And so we're, we're open to for business for, you know, anybody that has the willingness. But I think, you know, it's it's a teacher that that wants to learn, you know, loves their kids, wants to bring something new, exciting, innovative into their classroom space. You know, we're looking for teachers that also have that growth mindset. I think those are, you know, Angela is a perfect example on this call. Um, I think it's, I'm so happy that that she's on the call with us because, you know, I've seen Angela evolve, you know, from year to year. And that's just been really uh, inspiring for me and for a lot of our other educators. So, you know, I think we're, we, we inspire and we want uh, to empower teachers and want teachers with a certain skill set. But I think we also, as an organization, provide this value proposition that I think is important, too. So it's not just a curriculum, uh, you know, engaging teachers to teach our curriculum and having robust supports around it, you know, we are trying really, really hard to also bring the workforce to our youth. We believe very strongly that, you know, youth can't be what they don't see. And so I think a value proposition for us, particularly in our community in Chicago, that has really built a lot of traction is connecting youth who often feel disconnected to other professionals, local entrepreneurs, various corporations that we work alongside with. So, you know, establishing that value proposition that we're really going to build this ecosystem for all youth to be involved and a part of it. I think that's very motivating for our teachers, our NIFTY instructors that are not only teaching the classroom, but then having these other opportunities um, to connect their students to the community at large. That's awesome. I like that you talked about like, we have, we've talked to a lot of really cool educators and there's always that community piece too. And that, that idea that, you know, I, I, you know, if I grow up in, in Chicago and I'm a young person, I, I probably looking at like, you know, Steve Jobs or looking at Branson or some of these, these big entrepreneurs that people toss around their name, you know, that's so far away from me that, that I can't even think about that. I can't put myself in that headspace. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that. That's that example, because honestly, that was the impetus for us, because you're right. I feel like in the space that we're in with social media and, and, and that aspect for students, what they see on a daily basis, you're right, is, is the Steve Jobs, is the Zuckerberg, those types of things. So I think that was really a big point for us to say, no, there's actually a lot of local small businesses that are self-sustaining their lifestyle and, you know, really getting our students to, you know, think about those lifestyles was actually a big impetus for that, actually. Mm -hmm. I love that. Angela, quick question. So on the motivation piece, do you have teachers in the hallway that wonder, what is she up to? I mean, you're a lead teacher for Nifty. Um, do you feel people are trying to want to jump on board or they're not sure what you're up to? Tell us about that. Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, you have teachers that have kind of like the students that know how to do school. You have teachers that know how to do school um, and they don't want to change. Um, but you know, they, uh, then you have teachers that are more open-minded and, you know, would be like, hey, let's try something else out. Um, in the Nifty Network, like the biggest 
thing is to encourage uh, teachers to, you know, fail as well. Like it's okay. It does not have to go perfect. Like every class, no matter what class you're teaching, I mean, it does not always go perfect. Um, and just use it as a use it as a teaching moment, as a learning moment, and then you know, kind of move on and, and pivot. I mean, there's it happens all the time. Um, so yeah, it's not everybody that's on board, unfortunately, or else we'd have I think entrepreneurship education more widely spread through our schools. But, yeah. yeah, I'd love that. That's such an important point that I remember that what I, I kind of have a similar story to yours, Angela, I, I decided to leave engineering and go and teach. And I thought, okay, well, I, I wanted to teach STEM, but again, those jobs are few and far between to be, you know, so I, I got, I, I got a math job. And, um, and I remember the first day kind of just with my own background of what a teacher should be, like, I can't make a mistake. And I remember one day I just completely flubbed up everything and even my whiteboard fell off the wall and onto a kid. So it was, <laughs> and you know, and I think I quit, I think I quit that day. I think I quit every day that year. Um, but my principal just kept laughing at me. Um, but it's, but it's so true because you get this feeling like, Oh, I have to be perfect. I can't make a mistake. And then once you get over that, it's so such a beautiful thing and you can have more fun with your students and, I, I love that. Well, and the thing is, is like, is they're, they're good with trying things out. And if you empower them, that's the best thing a teacher can do and the student, because that makes you a whole lot stronger as a teacher. And it makes them a whole lot more confident as a student. And that, you know, just putting that together, just success all the way around. Yeah, that empowerment piece is so, I mean, when just when students know that you value what they have to say, that's that's huge. That's a huge part of it. Get it just getting getting through to them. It's amazing. So before we before we wrap up, we could probably have this conversation for eight more hours and it would be awesome. <laughs> but before, but we'll have you back. But before we wrap up, um, we like to have everybody just share a piece of advice that you might give an educator that could be listening to this podcast about if you know if an educator is interested in getting involved in in nifty or in something like that how what what piece of advice could you give them and have each of you share yeah i think if i was first off you know for nifty please you know find us at at www.nifty.com we have a whole bunch of information resources around our programming i think that's always a good source to see who we are what we're about and what our community looks like in terms of you know advice to educators i for me, and you've probably seen now a common thread from me, you know, it's really challenging the status quo in education and changing mindsets. And so I, I know for me as a, a teacher early on that I didn't have that in me. I kind of went with the standardized curriculum. I taught to the textbook and, you know, I, I felt like I was kind of pigeonholed. But through experiences and, and the growth, obviously, in, in my career, you know, I've, I've seen what a difference a program can make in student life. So but that, that comes from, you know, really advocating. And, and you know, in my day to day, I have teachers and, and it's a very inspiring part of my day constantly sending me emails. How can I get involved? How can I be a part of the curriculum? Like, so, so teachers are, are actually, you know, reaching out. They are challenging the status quo. They're looking for maybe non-traditional uh, methods uh, of, of curriculum and instruction. And so, you know, 
keep doing that, keep advocating for your students, give them as much experience as you can. You know, that to me is, is, is incredibly important. Um, that, that'd be my advice. Awesome, Angela. Um, my advice would be say yes. You know, even if you don't know quite what you're getting yourself into, go ahead and say yes. Um, it's okay to fail. And it's really okay to just kind of be step aside and let your students kind of take it from there. And everything will be okay in the end. So that's the best advice I can give. <laughs> I love that. I love yes. Yes is actually, I think, less scary than no, because then no, you have regrets. Like, what did I not do? Yes is more fun. So we love to let people know how to get in touch with you. Angela, first, how, Scott, you mentioned the website. We'll get back to you about how to personally get in touch. But Angela, what's the best way to get in touch with you? My email is A-M-I-C-E-L-I at holytrinity-hs.org. And that would be the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. And Scott? Yeah, so I spoke obviously about our website. Please feel free to to look at that. But yeah, I am always here to read, you know, to speak with anybody that has an interest um, around entrepreneurship or anything in education. Uh, my email is Scott N at nifty.com. So happy to field any additional questions from uh, your listeners, if you will, or anybody, um, you know, I think we're really excited about the momentum and I know the work that you all do as well around entrepreneurship. So, you know, anything that we can do to, you know, build a bridge and bring people together, you know, I'm in for that. Great. We are too. We love bridges. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, thank you both so very much for spending part of your part of your day with us. This has been great. And again, we, we always like to invite awesome people knowing that it's going to be real easy to get like next year's interviews because we'll have a second, <laughs> second wave of everybody. This is really great. But thank you so much for sharing Angela, what you do and Scott for about Nifty and, and everything that your organization is working towards. And you know, we've been Nifty and Entred have been friends for a while. And we just, we love that. We love your mission and, and your and your ideals and goals and visions. So thank you again so much. We're very grateful to have had you today. Thanks, Thanks for the opportunity to share. It was an honor. Thank you guys. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. You too. You too.